Hey listeners, thanks for tuning in. Most of you probably don't know, we have a newsletter that just came out now on Neon. It's uh, documenting what the new and latest news is in article form, as well as links to things like top picks, uh, content, as well as Neon Bay, which is new and exciting items for sale online that we highlight. I hope you can subscribe, link in our bio on our IG page, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Mondo Neon Show. Argon, Neon, Helium, Xenon, Krypton, Transform and roll out. Max Edmondoni on with Carissa Grace, light and sculpture artist. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Max. So recently, uh, Mr. Exploring your work and whatnot, you know, light and sculpture is two really cool things. I feel like they're like the peanut butter and jelly of neon because they do work so extremely well. Uh, your continuing education and even like everything going on with you, specifically your work uh, with utilizing different things like uh, visual qualities and sort of different properties within neon. We'll get there, but kind of where were you when you discovered this is like, okay, this is my thing. Like I love this. Um, so I guess I kind of have a similar background to Lily Reeves. Um, you know, I started at Alfred university in the BFA program and as a freshman and sophomore you're not allowed in the neon studio and i was always drawn to it from the second i went to alfred you know there was just this room in this hallway that was always lit up and had just this quality to it that i just was attracted to and so once i was finally able to take the neon class at alfred my junior year i immediately fell in love and i knew that this is something that i wanted to continue um, throughout my time at Alfred. And so for the next year and a half, that's what the, exactly what I did. And, and you like, um, it just like changed your approach when you first kind of started working with neon. I think a lot of the complexities, they don't show up until you really get physical with it. <laughs> like you're yeah. doing all kinds of stuff, like everything I see specifically, like, I think one of my favorite things has been this, uh, which is funny because we had to redact it. I think I called somebody out for making like a neon uh, fence and they're like, no, that's not me. That's actually Carissa. So here we are like actually being able to talk about this piece. But <laughs> how do you go into this format? Of, Cause I think it's, it's easy to kind of get kind of broken up into this ability to kind of, okay, how do I effect, effectively take these tools and rely on them in an artistic manner to not only seem helpful to what I'm trying to convey, but do you prove to yourself like internally, like I'm going to make this, giant piece which is physically you know takes time but also you know have you have you been going in that direction of like making a physical object out of neon that would resemble something like that yeah i mean um pretty much all my work has to do with like structure and form and a lot of repetition obviously um and for me when i was first making that piece you know i started at smaller scale because i actually had no idea how this would work like am i going to be able to twist all these pieces together can i actually get this to work and um sarah blood actually was my professor as she was for lily and i was just sitting there at one of my meetings with her and i had two pieces that were you know they weren't electroded they weren't pumped and i was just kind of talking to her about how i don't know if i can actually get this to work the way i am in my head you know i was watching videos on how fences were actually made like real wired fences and i was just trying to figure it out i'm sitting there and i'm just twisting them in my hands and somehow it just clicked and sarah looked at me and was like i think you got it i think you just did it and so at that point it was 
you know, maybe only five bends and it's the same bend, but it was only five bends. So they weren't really that long. It was only, you know, two, three foot pieces. Whereas the actual fence itself, those are nine feet long each piece. So I knew, I knew that if I could start off small, I could work my way up. And I've always been the kind of person that needs to prove to myself that I can do something. So once I started it, there was no stopping. And basically my goal was, I had started it in the fall of 2018. And by the time May of 2019 came around, I knew that whatever I had, I could get done was going to be in the fence. So as big as I could make it by then was as big as I could make it. That's <laughs> and that's fun. exactly what I tried to do. I like that. I think it's kind of interesting. Like, you know, it's funny what we do sometimes artists as a week, cause I do identify as an artist, some, you know, as a creative, I think when you work in a long tail, you know, actually just moving the goalpost is fun. It's kind of uh, a bit frustrating, but I like the teacher format where, you know, even Sarah, I've talked to her before, she has a, a really keen observation towards work, especially just in the, in the way that we've been able to communicate through um, just being, you know, talking online. And one of the things I think the best things to do is just sort of embrace what's happening and then kind of being able to respond quickly to that. And I think it's fun to to kind of realize in the moment, like, where were you at that moment? And it sounds like such a turning point for you. Like, you know, I'm, I'm going to look at this, you know, really kind of from behind, like I'm going to now I'm going to look at <laughs> how this is actually made. Um, and it's a fun way to kind of grow your work too. Like, you know, you're not only like trying to like respond and say, I'm going to make this specific object. You kind of found it along the way. Like, um, you know, I'm a big believer in like just tasting things. If you don't know what you're doing, just, you know, single-handedly get in the fire and and don't do what you want to do to to sort of ultimately get there does that make sense <laughs> yeah 100 percent. yeah i agree with that i think mm -hmm. i think everything has a process to it and you know i think part of being a maker is understanding your own process and for me i know my work i've always wanted it to be large scale i like things to kind of be in your face um so for me i knew i had i had to figure it out on a smaller scale before i could large go large mm -hmm. with it yeah, no, I really like it. And also too, is like uh, things like, I really enjoy just content that you do too, like uh, the Descendant Staircase, like a big fan of two-way mirror work. Some people can call it out for what it is, but I, I think when it's it's used in a tasteful manner, especially when something that like, goes beyond the limits, uh, how, you know, I'm, I'm just curious, like, what were you kind of thinking about that element of surprise where people kind of walk in? I mean, if you've never seen one of those before, the reactions are, are pretty priceless. Yeah, it was it was really interesting watching people at my show when uh, I first showed it, actually. Um, but yeah, so with that piece, um, I wanted to do, I had done a two-way mirror when I first started Neon back in my junior year. And I always wanted to do it again. I had, um, it was a piece where there was a spiral in between two mirrors and it kind of just looked like, I called it rabbit hole. It was kind of just this tunnel. Um, but it was in a format where two other mirrors were actually hung adjacent to it kind of at like a triangle so where you stood you kind of were in the tunnel and it depended how the viewer was standing amongst the piece and I was just so interested in how everybody was interacting with it that I was like you know what I need to make something again that is a two-way mirror that is you know some people are interacting with it and they're curious about it they're scoping it out they spend time with the piece I think a little bit more when people are trying to understand the illusion and um, with that piece, I, I knew I didn't, I knew I wanted to make a set of stairs and I knew if I broke down the way stairs actually look, you know, they're, they're repetitive. What, what 
part of that could I dissect out of the stair and have the mirror be the component that finished it. And so I knew that the stairs, it doesn't go straight on forever. And I needed to get that kind of right angle. And I actually, the two way mirror, they're not parallel in that piece. The back mirror is at just a slight enough tilt that it has the stairs looking like they traverse in a direction to actually look like stairs. Cause otherwise it would have just looked like little triangles kind of sticking out. <laughs> yeah. And also too, I think, you know, even the reaction, it's hard to, uh, to really translate that in a picture, but it's fun to see, you know, like the ability to kind of convey space beyond what normally is just like, when you're given like a show, you kind of have to, okay, hey, here's where you're going to show your work. Most people don't get to just pick and choose where they want their work to go. Ultimately, it's decided where, you know, where initially like, you know, hey, this is this is what you're going to be using. Um, you know, do you kind of look at location specifics or you kind of just, are you making something you're like, have there been times where you had to scale things back or, because I think about times too, like within like framing that around maybe the Shiben show that you've been at, you know, the arrival of something, I've, the larger you make something, more trickier it is to get around right like when you're trying to exhibit it because clearly you're exhibiting your work you know as an artist have you been able to kind of move in that direction like what's that like for you I guess other artists talk about that sometimes too but is is it tricky yeah I think I think scaling things is tricky I mean especially for somebody like me who wants everything to be big I have to keep in mind like how can I break this piece up how is it going to be installed um, how can it be shipped properly um, so back to that stair piece it, it the deck that it sits in is about 10 feet by 10 feet. And, you know, it comes apart into two parts and then the two way mirror in the middle is kind of, you know, puzzled in between it. So um, yeah, it's just, it's just thinking about what is the end goal and how do I break that down? How can it be, how can it be made so it can be reconstructed and rebuilt in new areas? Because that's the whole point of being an artist is you want your work to go anywhere. And in order for it to go somewhere, it needs to be able to come apart and put back together in a reasonable manner. And, you know, the fence, I think, is a super tedious piece. And I think everybody who was at Shebens in Colorado helping me and Eric Franklin, you know, I put them through hell. <laughs> but um, I was there in the end to help finish it off. And I think, you know, everybody appreciated that. But you know, it is something that I think about and, you know, how could I make that fence in the future if I had to in a better way where it can be installed more easily, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think, I think that's definitely something most artists try to think about. Um, I haven't really had the chance to scale something down that I didn't already want at that scale. So I think I've been fortunate uh, with the space that I've been given um, that I can make my work how I want it. Yeah. I think your work's consistently strong too. I mean, regarding the ups and downs, I think we all get caught up in that idea of what we want it to be too. I think artists by themselves, uh, by and large, are, the, are, are very tough on themselves for advocating for certain things and not, you know, and sourcing neon is tricky. I think, um, the commitment goes beyond traditional forms of, of also materials too. How do you, uh, sort of maintain that focus because you also have things where you're kind of combining elements too. Like I, I was looking sort of towards the the glass, like the castings that you make. Um, there's something really fun about seeing other things in glass alongside with glass. Like, I don't know why and my brain just kind of freezes for a minute, but it's fun <laughs> to see all of that come together. It's like, you forget that everything can kind of be put together in a way. So do you kind of go through these brainstorming sessions? Like what's an average 
sort of a creative session for you? Do you kind of lay everything out? Are you like questioning it at times and unpacking ideas? Like how do you work like that? I think uh, the biggest thing for me is material investigation and experimentation with it. So I know that I want light in my work because there's just this euphoric quality of neon that everybody is just so drawn to and I'm drawn to it and I want it in my work, but I want to tie other elements of sculpture into it. And so I, I did a lot of material investigation with, you know, how can I diffuse light? How can I, you know, make the light reflect different ways, just different ways to manipulate it. And Sarah Blood was a big advocate for us as students to always just experiment with it. You know, we have neon up that was in the shop and she said, if you are interested in the way it's gonna to react to the material, just bring the material and hold it up to the light, take pictures of it, see what you can do. So I think that has been a huge part of my process. Um, like with the shag house that I made, um, I mean, that's LEDs behind it, but the, the shag itself, like how it diffused light, I first figured that out with neon, but the neon was actually too bright to be diffused with the shag. So um, the LEDs ended up being a better route. <laughs> That's, but, a cool, um, that's a good response. I think, you know, people kind of demonize LEDs. We all know that they're not necessarily the same and that's really, that's fine. I think what's interesting or where I think you get you're caught up is that there's nearly and only necessarily one best way to do things. So I think that's a great way to kind of distribute against what you're finding the, the medium to be able to do. And then what is the best answer? So you're not necessarily creating more kind of, issues along the way uh i think i i think that's the perfect kind of household for something like that you know like if you're going to move it around and have it be underneath this huge thing you don't want it to be burning bright which people don't talk a lot about i think is neon intensity like it draws yeah. a lot of energy in terms of not only just the visual eye but when you create environments where it's like there's a lot of it too it can get pretty intense if that's not what you're going for then yeah there's got to be some other way to uh i mean there's things like dimmers and stuff like that we all know that but you know, just exploring other alternatives. That's kind of nice to hear you say that you're willing to kind of go that direction versus just kind of just, you know, let's hit them with the neon, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it was something where I just realized that, you know, one route was better than the other. It doesn't mean my love for neon is any less and it's, it'll still be there and I can use it in another way. And, you know, maybe there's another type of fabric or fiber that I'll end up incorporating it with that can help diffuse the light the way I was doing it with the shag for another piece, you know? So mm -hmm. it's just, it's always something that I'm learning along the way about what I can do with this material and how I can manipulate it. Mm -hmm. And also I think, you know, flipping here is just to you know how, uh, how has it been for you, I guess, over, you know, where you're at now, are you still in New York? I'm taking it, but how have you maintained, I think other artists are kind of dealing with this now. That's why I bring it up is dealing with COVID right now and, and maintaining stamina. Like how are you finding ways to go online and kind of put your work out there and whatnot? So um, I finished my BFA last May, but I'm still in school doing my bachelor of science for glass engineering science. And I'll be graduating next May with that. So when all this happened, um, I was, I'm full-time at school. I'm taking, I was taking 20 credits and, um, the semester just ended actually yesterday. So that's great. But, um, yeah, so the switch to online education was kind of my focus at first and it was pretty stressful, I think for almost anybody. Um, and from, from all that going on, I really didn't do much, um, work from home in terms of my artistic 
practice, but I did figure out other ways to express myself. So I've, you know, been journaling, I've been documenting a lot of my work has to do with memories. So I'm just kind of curious to see how this crazy situation right now is going to influence my work in the future and what I'm going to do with it. Um, but I've also been expressing myself through hula hoop dancing. It's a big hobby of mine. Um, nice. So I've been doing that on the side. And yeah, I don't know I mean, why, but now, I immediately thought of, uh, I feel like you, you tell me you have a TikTok account already. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I actually got a TikTok account. Um, I think it was like about a month into quarantine. I gave in. But um, I, I don't really have much of, content yeah. up there. But I do have a hula hoop account on Instagram. So that way I can you know, do stuff on there. I'm not that great at it, but you know, it's the fun thing to do and I'm always learning and it's a great exercise. You know, there's good core workouts you can do. And yeah, so I, I enjoy it. It seems really therapeutic at this point in time where you're stuck indoors. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It forces me to go outside, you know, I get some fresh air and you know, it gives me a break from the day or whatever I'm doing. Cause you know, for the past two months, I've kind of just been staring at a computer screen, getting my work done. But, um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, um, I've got a commission for Alfred university, um, at school. Um, that's going to be an on-campus piece. I'm working with Sarah blood on that. Um, it's kind of been put on hold right now, obviously, but that's something that I'm really looking forward to for when I can get back into the studio. That's great. And also I think, Everyone that's blind to what's going on, you know, just to to let people know where your stuff's at. Can you tell them where to find you? Yeah. um, So I have an Instagram account. It's carissa.grace.art. And I also have a website, um, carissa-grace.com. And um, yeah, so you guys can find me on both of those. Um, I try to keep the website up to date as much as possible. New work will be up soon. Um, and uh, my Instagram, I've not been too active on it recently, just because, I, like I said, finishing the engineering degree. Um, and just, I'm really excited next year to see how my engineering thesis can be tied into my art practice. That's awesome. I think everything that's uh, coming your way sounds really amazing. And if anyone hasn't gone to check out Chris's work, uh, please go you know, reach out to her on Instagram. She's uh, uh, quite active on there and, and really just appreciate what you got going on. And thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so, Mac- so much, Max, for having me. I appreciate it a lot. Hey, guys, hope you enjoyed that show. If you haven't done so, please leave us a review on your podcast aggregator of choice. We have a lot of great neon guests coming up. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>